It's a real honor to have you joining me today on the CMB Podcast. Today we get to hear from a few of the members of a band called So and Tether. We talked about their new EP entitled Stripes Speak Out. We talk about their love for their local church, their love for discipleship, and I was just so encouraged to hear the hearts of a couple of guys who love Jesus. That's today on CMB episode 54. So guys, welcome to session 54 of the Christian Music Blog Podcast. My name is Nate Fancher. I'm the host of this uh, podcast where we seek to serve Christian artists, songwriters, music makers of all different styles, different genres. Uh, wherever you are on your journey of making music through eyes of faith, I hope that these uh, episodes encourage you and inspire you. Uh, that's what we're all about here, just focusing on Christ, focusing on what he's done for us in the gospel and, and how that relates to us as creative people, as musicians, as worship leaders in our churches, uh, whatever you find yourself doing as a musician, as an artist, um, there is something that you can apply in all these episodes to what you're doing. And so if you're looking to grow in your craft and you're wanting to develop a, a more biblical worldview of music making, then I want to invite you to join us here at CMB. We're all on this same journey together. So if it's your first time checking out our podcast, I invite you to check out christianmusicblog.com slash gift. And I have a gift that I want to give you there. And I just want to say thanks because, you know, you could be listening to a lot of other podcasts right now. And um, it just means a lot that you would come check out CMB today. So again, that's christianmusicblog.com slash gift. All right. I want to just, um, just say a couple of things before we get into the interview today. Um, it's very cool to have this awesome band on, on the podcast today, So and Tether. We'll get, we'll get into that here soon, but I wanted to just kind of share my heart with you guys, a little unscripted here. Um, I've been really just challenged by God here lately. I actually went to a worship conference. Those of you on our newsletter, you know about this, uh, this conference called Lift in Atlanta recently. And um, I was really, really encouraged by God. I was recalibrated in my own soul. I was uh, convicted. I was just really, really uh, impacted by by the Lord. And there's a longer story that I could go into in this, um, which I guess I could do that because a podcast by by its very nature can be a little bit longer because you're wherever you are in your car, maybe you're uh, driving down the street, maybe you're uh, commuting to work, um, perhaps you are mowing your yard. I don't know what you're up to right now, but um, audio podcasts tend to lend uh, to longer-winded people like myself. So, um, and as I said, this is a little bit unscripted here in this part, but um, before we get into that interview, I just wanted to share what happened at this conference. 
Um, Lift is a conference put on by Passion City Church in Atlanta. Um, if you're not familiar with Passion, they are a fantastic movement of of great worship leaders. And um, Louis Giglio started this back in the 90s, uh, just ministering to college kids at college campuses. It was a great um, festival that they do every year, a, a big conference where young people come and um, set their gaze and set their attention on Christ um, through times of worship, corporate worship, singing songs, through great speaking, great preaching, great sermons. Uh, folks like John Piper and Louis Giglio are a part of these conferences, and Louis is the leader of this movement, but he planted a church along with Chris Tomlin, Christian Stanfill, um, Christy Knuckles, these worship leaders who we would know their songs um, from the Passion Movement. They planted this church in Atlanta, and it's just really, really cool to see what God's doing there. And they've been doing this conference called Lift for the last couple of years, I believe. This was the first time that I was um, able to go to it, but I took a guy from our, our church here at, in Greensboro, and he's he's my assistant worship guy. Marty, if you're listening to this, I love you, buddy. We had such a great time. Um, we, we got down there, and you know it was clear from the beginning that they had set this conference um, up to become the thing, you know, when they started it, it was it was really designed to serve worship leaders, worship pastors. There are a ton of worship conferences out there for for worship teams, for people to come and, and to get equipped and trained and and resourced. You know, you, you can show up at these worship conferences that, that are put on by all kinds of people out there, and you can leave with a lot of resources, a lot of materials, um, you know, umpteen different clinics and workshops that you attended and your brain is full of stuff, you know, and those are, those are good. There's a place for that, but, but this is totally not like that. This, this conference lift is designed to encourage and just refresh worship guys. You know, obviously teams are welcome to come to this because there are a lot of guys who serve in our bands each week. I'm thinking of Richie Spong, my drummer. He's a great drummer and he plays drums every single week. And Bev Bennett, if you're listening to this, Bev, I love you, buddy. He's the bass player on my worship team here in Greensboro. And these guys are every single week. And um, they are also refreshed at this kind of conference. And so that's what it was. You know, you don't you don't get anything when you show up. You just get a little lanyard with your name on it. And you, you go into the main session. And immediately you're just worshiping the Lord. And Louis has such a, a gift for communicating uh, simple truths that really cut right to your heart. And and that's what happened for me on the first night of this conference. Uh, there was there was one song in particular, uh, the song that um, is on the, their new release, Passion 2014. Um, it's called Love, actually it's called, um, what's it called? At the Cross, Love Ran Red. Really good song. Um, and during that song, I had never heard the song, and uh, during that song, I just really sensed God just speaking to me about a couple of things in my life. And so um, I'm really really eager to share some of that with you, but I won't go go into detail and all that yet. Um, But here we are, and I'm refreshed, I'm excited, and eager to keep going here with Christian Music Blog and to keep talking with people of faith who make music, and um, very excited about all that that God has done uh, with me personally through this podcast, uh, the different guests that we've had. It's just been an awesome journey for me and, and, and where we're headed. Um, I love sitting down and talking with, with guys like today, like the guys from So and Tether, this band out of Mississippi. Um, just really inspiring to see that God is doing something in musicians and in artists all over the world. And, and just to have a small 
slice of that that pie here on our podcast uh, whenever we put out episodes is really encouraging and inspiring for me. So, and where we're headed, we've got some great guests this summer. We've got Andrew Peterson coming on uh, later. He's 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 just finished a book, and I'm not going to go into all that right now. But Andrew Peterson, if you don't know who he is, he's a great songwriter. He's been writing songs for years. He's a CCM artist and um, just an incredible artist. And Really eager to get into that. We've got some other great artists coming as well. A fellow CMBite named Zach Sproles, who's going to be on our podcast soon, who's released some music as well. All right, here is my conversation with a couple of guys from the band So and Tether. We weren't able to get the entire band on the interview, but a couple of the guys, Dustin and Kyle, they were able to join me over Skype. And uh, there's some Starbucks ambience in the background. You'll hear it. Um, you know, I think there's a truck that drives by a couple of times and some birds that whistle, but that'll um, fit in with the with the vibe a little bit. And um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. It was just really cool to hear their their heart for their church and and just they seem so content with where they are. They're not like pushing um, with selfish ambition like a lot of guys, um, like a lot of artists and a lot of bands do. Um, you can really get out of rest and you can really strive too much in this whole thing. And these guys just really love the Lord, and uh, they love their church, as I said, and it's just really cool to see what they're doing. So I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. Here's my conversation with Kyle and Dustin from the band So and Tether on the CMB Podcast, Session 54. Well, it's great to be with Kyle and Dustin, two guys from an awesome band. They're a five-piece band from Olive Branch, Mississippi, called So and Tether. Guys, welcome to the CMB Podcast. Definitely, man. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, these guys are really gracious because I had just recorded the introduction, and uh, we got into it, and then all of a sudden there was a technical difficulty, and they're, they're so cool and laid back about it, and I thank you for that. <laughs> no so, problem. Um, why don't we start? Kyle, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how how the band got started, and what's the, what's the significance of the name So and Tether? Where does that come from? Sure. Um, first of all, I'll start with the name uh, So and Tether. Our, our church went through a year-long sermon series on the book of Mark, and you know, the one of the common themes throughout the book is just the fact that uh, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our, finisher of our faith. Um, so the we got to the parable of the sower and um, through, through the sermon and through different conversations uh, that we had in our community groups and different, uh, you know, just independent Bible studies and things like that. We, uh, 
we kind of latched on to this idea that, that Jesus is the one who both sows the seed and tethers us to himself. Um, so it's kind of this perfect reflection of the gospel. Um, and, of course, through Google searches and things like that, we realized that the name wasn't taken. Uh, so that was definitely a plus. Yeah. That's awesome. And now tell us a little bit about how the band got started. You guys uh, were part of this church plant together. Yeah, uh, the church that we're involved in, uh, we started a little over three years ago. Um, we're actually meeting in a high school cafeteria right now, which is fun, to say the least. Um, but yeah, um, we, we all serve on the worship team, and uh, Hunter and I actually had been playing worship music before in a metal band, um, and actually Dustin and John were playing together. Uh, Phil was actually in the band with Hunter and I as well. Um yeah, through, through different bands that we were in and uh, just circumstances, we all ended up at the same church, uh, ended up serving on the same worship team, and uh, one thing kind of led to another through rehearsals and that kind of thing. We just decided, you know, we, we really need to be, you know, uh, heeding the call that we have to write music for the church. Um, mm. So we just kind of stepped up and started writing together and ended up with several songs to take into the studio so yeah we're, we're definitely stoked about where it's going we really have no idea what we're doing but <laughs> it's kind of a, that's kind of a good, process but yeah, we're definitely. getting there that's a good place to be now dustin tell us a little bit about uh the songwriting process that you guys walk through as a band um I, I love this conversation, by the way, because you know some some bands, you know, all bands do it differently. But when you find a band that writes together, you know, from start to finish, that's really admirable. So tell us a little bit about that, Dustin. Yeah, I think it's a little different. We kind of write in two phases, really. Um, I think Kyle and Hunter are really our our songwriter guys. Um, what they'll do is they'll kind of write like you know a verse and a chorus just on an acoustic guitar basic structure of a song get an idea and then what happens is john's just like a, an instrumental guru sort of guy and uh he'll get a hold of that idea and he'll sort of flesh some things out you know like in logic just kind of put some some ambience or some some sort of a beat some sort of a rhythm to it and then he'll bring that to phil and myself and the three of us will kind of kind of build from that basic idea and we'll kind of get some uh, more concrete vibes for a song and uh, sort of flesh it out in a more, uh, you know, song band sort of way. Um, and then once we have that done, the five of us will come together and we'll all talk through, you know, the, the ideas that we have, uh, work on what we can do better, uh, you know, make the melody better, tinker with some different things, you know, anything you would want to have done before going into the studio. That's awesome. And you guys just released Stripe Speak Out. It's a great six-song EP. It just came out this February this year. Um, were these songs six of several songs that you guys have done together and just picked the best ones? Tell us about how you chose the songs for this EP. Yeah, we, uh, we went in with about 12 or 13 songs, and uh, we... We spent a lot of time just kind of narrowing things down ourselves. Uh, our producer stepped in and kind of listened to some rough drafts of everything and told us the ones that he thought would work best congregationally. Um, we had a lot of input from our pastors as well, just as far as 
you know, things that would that would benefit our congregation specifically. And uh, it was it was definitely an arduous process because there were you know several several songs that we all had kind of latched onto independently um, that we would have liked to see on the album, but. Uh, the more we narrowed it down, the more we talked through things, we, we just settled on, on these six. And I, I'm really glad that we ended up with these six because they, they definitely turned out better than, than we thought they could. Oh, they're very, very good. Um, te- I'm very intrigued by, you mentioned your pastors were involved at some level. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Because to me, that's really, really cool. And, and you guys, I mean, the name of the church is Revision Church, correct? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Um, Tell us about that. Like um, these were songs that you're doing in your congregation, um, I'm assuming, and and so I'd love to hear more about how that worked out with your pastors. Yeah, one thing we definitely wanted to to hit on in, in writing these songs is that we wanted some theological depth. Um, so when we had like a rough draft of the lyrics for a song done, what we would do is we'd sit down with a pastor or you know email the lyrics to a pastor and and just you know, make sure that there's no sort of inconsistency within the song. We wanted to make sure that they were theologically sound. Um, and, and even if there was, you know, a way that we could better elaborate an idea we wanted to get across in a lyric, um, we would, you know, ask for advice per se. Um, of course, while staying poetic with the lyric, um, but, they they sort of helped us out in that regard, um, and also they were just kind of kind of ears to hear new song ideas. You know, like they were they were some of the first people we'd we'd say, hey, we've got this new song, uh, check it out, tell us what you think. Um, and they were always willing to lend an ear and give good advice or good feedback. Very cool, and that's so cool. I mean, it's just rare. It's just rare that you find uh, that kind of humility in a, in, a, in a rock band. So. Very awesome, man. Now, uh, let's talk about the uh, production process and how this EP was uh, put together, you know, in, in Nashville. Fox Den Studios is where you recorded it, and uh, Jared Fox is the producer's name. Tell us more about Jared. I'm not familiar with Jared. Uh, would love to know a little bit about him and how you guys met him, and, and uh, yeah, let's, let's um, start there, yeah. He, uh, he actually mostly does mixing work. Um, for just a lot of different people in Nashville. Um, he did some production work a while back and has kind of gotten to a stage where he's able to just work on producing projects that he really wants to produce. Um, so it was really a blessing for us to be able to work with him. Um, I, I did a couple of albums with his old roommate uh, several years ago, um, just you know, smaller independent stuff, and uh, ended up meeting him through that. And... Uh, yeah, you know, I learned what he was doing and kind of the people that he was working with, and um, just through some different conversations. I mean, we I ended up staying at their house for you know several weekends over the course of recording and uh, uh, recording the old albums that I was doing, and uh, just through some conversations that I had with him, it was very evident that he understood um, congregational worship on a broader scale than we did. Um, so that was kind of the, the initial purpose in working with him is knowing that he understands uh, what makes a song singable to a congregation of people. Um, and of, of course it helps that you know he, he knows 
several people in Nashville and is able to really, really lend an ear to um, just the entire process. So being able to see him uh, overdub guitars on a Michael W. Smith album at midnight, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that he does consistently. So it was, it was definitely a blessing to be able to awesome. work with him. Yeah. Now you had some other, you had him, he played on the record. You had another guy named Dustin Ransom. Now is, he's not in the group, is he? No, no. Uh, yeah. Actually, um, what they did, they, all of the additional things that we had on the album, um, they were just kind of there to, to fill empty space that we, you know, maybe left out while we were, over in Nashville, so gotcha. any anything that was done uh, additionally was just post production stuff. You know, if they listened through and said, "Hey, a shaker would be cool here," let's do that, or like an extra tambourine or you know, extra synthesizer stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys end up going back down there for the mixing process, or did they just you know email you stuff and you're just doing mixes from at a distance? Yeah, it was, it was distance mixing. He would send us a track and. You know, he he definitely understood our hearts going into the process and yeah. kind of had a really good idea of what we were looking for. Um, so he would shoot us back a mix and let us send him some notes on you know some things that we wanted to change, or you know we'd have phone conversations and kind of let him know this is kind of the direction we're wanting to take it. And you know, he was awesome. really quick about getting us different ideas back. So gotcha. Now let's talk a little bit about if you guys are comfortable with this. Um, I didn't put. I'm, I'm kind of. This is a cold turkey question for you. Um, raising the money, getting the money, how you how you finance this project? Because um, this can be one of those things that bands really end up, you know, they started out and then all of a sudden it's like their their first and last thing together. And and um, I'm always amazed when I meet guys who really know how to do it well. And I'd love to hear you guys speak to that and how that's been for y'all. Um, the beginning of the fundraising process was really sort of us playing some different events and we'd end up saving um, a portion of, of the the funds from that. And, and we did that for several months and then we got to a place where we realized we really need some more help. Uh, so we decided to do a Kickstarter and uh, we ended up doing a Kickstarter and uh, people, people blessed us, like our, our church family, um, some people from our family, some different people in the community, um, they just really, really got on board and really supported us and helped us make it, make it happen. That's awesome. That's um, also, to speak to that, uh, merchandising is your best friend yeah. as a band. <laughs> mm. um, so if, if you play an event, make sure you have T-shirts. Make sure you, I mean, we, we actually recorded a, a little three-song demo uh, in my garage um, when we when we first started playing events, just so that we would have something to sell. Because um, when it comes down to it, I mean, if, if you're playing for youth groups or whatever, if if you're not selling things, then you're really not marketing your band at all. Right. So and that was that was a huge blessing for us because I I do freelance graphic design work and have dabbled in recording and actually Phil and John have dabbled in recording as well. So we all just kind of put our heads together and thought of different things that we could do to make money aside from just playing events. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, tell us a bit more about that as far as how you guys um, strategically are planning what you're doing with this new EP. 
Um, cause you're all kind of all over the place in terms of, you know, you mentioned earlier before we hit record, you have a guy in the band going to Memphis and working. Um, how are you guys doing this and moving forward? What's, what, what are you doing currently and what are you doing, you know, a month from now? Um, well, I guess really the, the biggest thing right now is, uh, trying to get the songs out to our community. Um, we, we had a huge, uh, EP release concert, um, which was really the first thing of that nature in the community that we're in. Hmm. Um, so that was definitely a, a huge thing to get the word out about, you know, the fact, Hey, we're, we're here, we're, we're a Christian band, we're writing music for this community. And, uh, doing that definitely helped. Um, you know, we're, we're still involved in, in several, you know, community wide events and, uh, like disciple now events with different churches and things like that. Um, Really, the next step, um, Hunter was uh, just promoted, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, Hunter's now the worship pastor for, for our church. Um, so he's he's starting to network with some other uh, church leaders, um, which I think should be a big help in us at least getting our music heard by other churches. That's great. Um, so that's, that's really the next step. And then really what we're attempting to do is branch out regionally. Um, so just communicating with churches around us first and different uh, organizations like BSUs and stuff at different colleges that were around. So yeah, that's great. Really the, the goal is just to get the music heard. So yeah, well, it's it's really well done. Um, I I was telling telling them for those of you listening, I was telling these guys I came across one of the songs that just totally it was like this awesome moment where I was like, oh, that's sweet. Uh, Holy Exchange. Um, tell us a little bit about that song. I believe that's track number three. Yeah. That's actually one of the songs that changed the most in the pre-production process, really. It's one of uh, one of the oldest songs, uh, one of the first songs we wrote out of the songs on the album. But um, it's interesting the way that it came together. Um at first, you know, it was a it was a really guitar-driven song. Um, we had the basic chord structure down, but what happened was like one week before we went into the studio, um, Phil, John, and I spent several late nights, like up until three a.m. at a at a church here, just hammering out some different ideas for songs to make them the best we could. And and what we did was um, we played with some different sounds and logic. Um, John felt like it really needed that piano intro, really needed some synth stuff. Um, so, you know, he wrote that, that intro piano lick and, and put the, the synth pad underneath that. And, and the drum loop in that song was something that happened in the studio, just kind of spur of the moment. It was really cool. It was inspired by, uh, Paul Mayberry, who produced an All Sons and Daughters record, mm-hmm. he uh, he's kind of known for that, the All the Poor and Powerless song, um, but that that drum part in there where he, you know, he uses the stick and it's on, it's on like the rim, but it's not, you know, your standard rim click. It's it's like the snare and the rim, yeah, just an interesting sound yeah. layered with another snare hit. But it's a cool sound, and what we ended up doing was we made a, a real loop out of that, 
and just added some different different things to it. And it, it turned out to be an interesting song. Obviously, we overdubbed it with some some 808s to make it a little more more bassy. Cool. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's great. I love it. 808s. Um, so you, you were mentioning, Kyle, that um, Hunter has been promoted to this um, position as the worship pastor at your church there. Tell us a little bit more about how you guys as a band are going to be involved with that process and how that um, works with other people in the church getting involved on the worship team and how you guys are, are viewing all of that. Definitely. Um, like I said, we're, we're all serving on the worship team. Uh, and with, with Hunter being kind of in the leadership position in our band that he is um really it's kind of a, a process of bringing other people in um obviously the, the five of us work really well together and that's something that we don't want to stray from too much um but we we've kind of uh discussed this uh this idea of you know just bringing new people in uh that that want to and are able to serve the church um, so really what we're doing is treating it as a, uh, really a discipleship venture, uh, for, for people that want to serve. Um, and essentially what we're doing is just taking, taking new people that want to get involved and showing them how we do things, uh, kind of what the expectations are, um, and just doing life with them, uh, teaching them how to serve, uh, how to serve the church rather than serve themselves. And, uh, you know, really just how we do it um that's awesome it's very very cool and dustin did you have anything you wanted to add to that yeah i'll i'll just give you sort of a real life example of the way we try to do that um i am on a month on month off rotation as a bassist at church and um there's one other guy who plays bass regularly uh, his name's zach um and what i'll do on my month on um, when I'm playing every Sunday, uh, we have rehearsals on Saturdays and we have rehearsals Sunday morning, uh, before the service and then we play the service. So there's really two rehearsals before it. Um, but what I'll do is I'll, I'll have Zach, uh, come to the rehearsal and I'll have him, um, just sort of, you know, watch and, and see the way we, uh, play together and the way that I prepare for the service and I'll, make sure that he knows any songs that he isn't familiar with so that, you know, when it is his turn to play, uh, he'll know them and he'll be prepared better. Um, and I, I really think that, uh, one way to, to grow as a, a worship leader and, and to grow in serving that capacity is to, to see other people who have been doing it for a while and, and to see how they do it and how they prepare. Um, and what I'll do on my month off when, when it's Zach's, a month's play is um, I'll meet with him before rehearsal and and I'll we'll have a bass lesson uh, just sort of fundamental things and um, I'll also run over all the all the Sunday morning songs with him and make sure you know he's prepared and and that he's good to go so that he can serve to his best ability on Sunday morning. If you guys could describe your mission as a band, how would you do that? It's a big question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I mean, really, our our entire purpose, uh, the the reason that we exist, is to serve the church that we're in, um, and we've we've been blessed to be able to do that and be able to do that consistently. Um, really, our our mission is just to write songs for the church at large. Um, you know, it's it's not a matter of touring or you know selling a million copies. It's 
just getting music out there that glorifies God and teaches people yeah. um, about the gospel. Oh, that's awesome. That's excellent. Where can folks go to find out more about the band, to find out you, you on online and all of that? Uh, our website, sewintether.com. Uh, very, very easy. Um, we've got a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> really, any any social media, just add Sew and Tether to it, and that's where it is. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I'll, I'll make sure to put all the links in our show notes for today for those of you listening. And, um, and with your permission, I'd love to put some of the music in this episode. Yeah, definitely. We're going to go out with one final question. I just had this come to my mind. Um, if you could give advice to a couple of guys who are wanting to start a band, they're part of a church, um, what would you say to them? I would say uh, do it. <laughs> um, you know, put your minds together. Uh, realize what you're capable of. Realize what your talents are. Um, be honest with yourself and uh, let the music flow that's awesome. Well, Dustin and Kyle, thanks so much for being with us today, and I'm um, looking forward to seeing what happens with your music, and we'll, we'll definitely be keeping everybody posted with, with new stuff. And um, thanks again. Thank awesome, you, man. man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I'm, I'm just inspired whenever I come across some young people who really um, understand the local church, who understand the gospel, and who are using their gifts to, to leverage all that they can for God's glory. Um, head over to SoAndTether.com. You can pick up their new EP, Stripes Speak Out. You can either go to iTunes and download it, or you can head over to their Bandcamp and download it. Um, I would encourage you to go to Bandcamp. Here's why. An artist, if you're listening to this, I would suggest you you always direct your your fans, your listeners over to Bandcamp because Bandcamp is is way more tailored for the artist. iTunes is cool, but but they don't have the artist's best interest in mind. So head over to Bandcamp and get this new EP from So and Tether. You'll you'll do it in exchange for an email address. You can purchase each track, I think, for a dollar. Um, or the whole EP for $6. That's the digital album. You can actually get the physical copy as well, a CD for $7. But um, Bandcamp's great. Yeah, you, can, you, give them their, you give them your email address and they can build a relationship with you guys. So um, yeah, and also all of these links will be over in our show notes. That's christianmusicblog.com slash 54 and um, you'll get all the different things discussed in today's episode. I want to send you out with one of their songs from this new EP, it's How Deep the Father's Love for Us, a great Stuart Townend song that they cover, and it's just awesome the way they do it. So here's um, So in Tether, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. We'll see you guys soon here on the CMB Podcast. Head over to christianmusicblog.com, sign up for our newsletter, and, um, and get that gift, christianmusicblog.com slash gift. See you soon.
Thank you for listening to the CMB podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.